All right, you guys ready to get in shape? <laughs> awesome. We already had some great worship together. This is uh, thank you to my lovely um, assistant, Vanna, Vanna Roger McDaniel. Awesome, awesome. It's great to be with you today. We're starting a brand new series called Shaped for a Purpose. Eight billion people, nearly eight billion people on planet Earth. Isn't that crazy? Eight billion people and no two are the same. You are unlike every other person on planet Earth. That is, that is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. What makes you unique? What makes you you? And how do you discover what that is and, and, and where your place is in this world? That's what we're going to be talking about over these next several weeks in this new series, Shaped for a Purpose. Now, I've got a question for you. How many of you had one of these uh, growing up, or you're familiar with one of these? You've played with one of these before? Isn't this awesome? I loved this uh, toy. I went and raided the Children's Center. Uh, they were kind enough, you know, there's some kids now that don't have the toy. But uh, this thing is harder than it seems. <laughs> it's hard to do fast. I actually started timing myself. I was thinking about having a little competition this morning, but I'm going to spare us on that. But, um, but what's so awesome about this piece, as I think about it, is there are 10 different pieces, right? 10 different pieces here, and, uh, and we've got 10 different spots. And the concept is quite simple, right? You take a piece, and then you try to figure it out. And, and well, usually little kids try to do that, and there it goes. There's only one place for that piece to fit. And then we find another one. And this is a four-sided uh, shape that is not a square. It is called a... A trapezoid, a, trapezoid, a trapezoidogram. It is called a trapezoidogram, parallelopezoidoparagram. And um, so anyway, we put these pieces in, and as I think about this, and as we talk about the series, see, like, I can't talk and do this at the same time. I should, should have practiced a little more. We have these pieces, we have these different shapes, and every one of these represents us. And we think about it, if you try to put a piece that isn't right and put, I mean, try to fit it anywhere else, it will fit nowhere else on here. This is a five-sided figure called a... All right, Pen there you go, Pentagon. Look, there it goes. One spot where it fits. And some of us spend our lives, we're trying to be, right, a square peg trying to fit into a round hole, and it does not work. It doesn't work. And so what we're going to be talking about over this series is how do I discover what is my unique shape? What makes me me? And then where is my purpose in this world? Where does God want to use me? Where do I fit? Because when we are in that space, that's where we come alive. That's where we really discover, God, who am I? And we want to find out who are you and why did God make exactly you and for what purpose? And so today, as we begin this series, I want to talk about living with purpose. Living with purpose. Let me ask you, do you live your life with purpose? Do you live your life with purpose? Do you wake up, do you go through the day as you look back in your week and say, I lived this week with purpose? Or did you kind of live in response to the week? The things that came, the pressures that came, the assignments that were due, and you just find yourself reacting to what's in the world. How do you live with purpose? How do you live out that life? Well, maybe I need to ask you the question, what is your purpose? Can you identify what your purpose is? Why are you here? Why do you live? Why do you go throughout your days? I mean, that's an exist existential question that we have to ask. I mean, we're put on planet Earth. Why are we here? What on earth are we here for? It's very foundational, and, and we need to think through that and go, God, why am I here? And as we look at that and, and, uh, and think through, what, what is my purpose? Is my purpose so I got to make as much money as I can? I got to pay my bills. I got to try to get some vacation in there. I want to have a few nice things. I want to be able to retire at a decent age, and maybe if I have enough money, I can, I can buy a home in a warmer climate, and then I can go down there, and I can get a Winnebago, or we can go on vacations and do some traveling. 
That seems to be kind of a, a widespread goal, isn't it? No? No? Am I out of touch with that? I think that's what a lot of people long for, right? I mean, and, and I'm not saying that that's bad and that's wrong, but is this the purpose of our life? Is that why God put us on this earth? Why are we here? And, and we tend to wrestle through this a lot more on purpose, I think, when we're younger for many of us, right? When we're maybe in, in middle school and high school and college, and we ask this question, and this is a good question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right? I mean, that's one of the most common questions we hear. What do you want to be when you grow up? You ask a kid, and you go through the list. What do you want to be? Do you know what one of the top answers is these days for kids? Yeah, influencer, YouTuber, <laughs> professional gamer, right? Uh, I mean, they're different dreams than there were maybe a few generations ago, right? I just want to spend my whole time in front of a screen. I mean, I don't know. There's different dreams, but, but you can ask that question, what do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? And we think about careers. We think about jobs. You know, do you want to be a firefighter? Do you want to be an engineer? Do you, what do you, what do you want to be? And you think through those things. But, you know, there's, you know as I think about those questions in my life, uh, when I was in high school and college, I struggled answering that question a lot. What do I want to do? What do I want to be? And so I went through all different kinds of things. I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to be a reporter, right? Actually, I wanted to be a news anchor. I thought that would be kind of cool and, and, and do that. I wanted to be a pilot for the longest time. That was a dream. I wanted to be an engineer then. That's what I enrolled in college for. And then I switched over to, to, to medicine. And I wanted to be a doctor. And then I thought about being a lawyer. And I graduated with, this is the best degree, I can tell you, the best degree to graduate with, political science. <laughs> I am a political scientist. And I have no idea what that means. <laughs> it's kind of a useless degree, honestly. It was sad. You know, I mean, it was political science pre-law. I was tending to go that direction. But I, I didn't do any of those things. And so we're on that quest. And sometimes, how many of you are doing something today different than what you thought you were studying and, you know, preparing for back when you were back in high school or, you know, those days in your 20s, right? Sometimes paths, our career takes us in different directions. It's a good question. What do you want to be when you grow up? But a better question is this. What difference do you want to make in the world? Ask that question to kids. Ask that question to others. What difference do you want to make? Not just about what job do you want to have, what career do you have, want to have, but what difference? As you look around, where do you want to make an impact? Isn't that a different question that frames it different? It goes beyond a career, but it thinks about how do I make an impact in the world? But there's even a better question. It's this. What did God put you on earth to accomplish? It's often related to the second one. Those two, all those working together. Why did God put you here? What is your purpose? And when we answer that, that's when we discover what our purpose is. When we can say, this is why, this is why God put me here. So we, we tend to think primarily about this purpose, as I've already been talking about, a lot through our career or through our job. And we think that's where it all comes together. And, and it does for some. And it's awesome when it does. Maybe, you, you know, you've always thought about somebody who likes to help people and you were interested in medicine, so you decided, I'm going to become a nurse and, and I'm going to be around people and, and, and in their time of need. I'm going to be able to help care for them, get them back to health, and, and maybe God opens up opportunities to influence them or just to have a, a word of prayer with them and just to be there. And you go, man, it's all coming together. And that's great. That's great when your job and your career, when it all comes together, that is wonderful. But maybe, would you say, when you work your daily job, you might not be saying, you know, God, this is what I was made for. You may not feel that. That's a, that's a common thing to feel. Maybe you're going, I don't know that I was made for emailing all day, right? I didn't know that I was made for making sales all day. Maybe I didn't know, and maybe you do, maybe, but, but maybe you feel like, I don't know. Am I just making some company lots of money, and, and is that really the purpose in my life? Is that what I want to be about? 
and it doesn't seem to come together for you. I would say this to you. Our purpose is bigger than our jobs. Now, it's great when all those things align, but even, um, I don't believe any of us spend 24 hours a day at our job, do we? So we have to have a purpose that's bigger than our job. Even if you're finding great fulfillment in your job, it's got to be bigger than that. Why am I here? God, what did you put me on earth to do? And when we discover that, we realize we live that out not only in, an, in daily time at work or at school, but in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our free time when we're together with the church. What is our purpose? It's bigger than our job. In the series, we're going to look at this key verse over the next several weeks as we look at our purpose and our shape, and it's this. It's found in Ephesians 2.10. It's a well-known scripture that says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. What a great scripture promise, isn't it? That there's this God that's made us new and he's created us in, in, in his image that, and, that, and that we are this wonderful masterpiece that God made and this last line, so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. What are those good things that God has planned for you? I mean, he's planned these for you. He's got this in, in, in his mind for you, these good things that he's planned. And if we don't take time to discover what that is and to find out, God, what have you made me to, to do? What is that? That's what we're going to lean into. We need to understand our purpose and then how God uniquely made us for that. And that's what we're going to look at over these next several weeks. But as we begin today, let's just begin in, in, in prayer and ask God to really reveal to us and help us in this journey. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's, it's awesome to come before you. And to think through this and to hear this verse to know, God, you've, you've planned some things for us. You created us anew in Christ Jesus. You've made us new to do some good things in this world that you've planned. And God, help us over these next several weeks, beginning today, to begin to lean into that and to sharpen that. And maybe to discover it for the first time or to realize, God, we, we need to be in a different place or, or, or area to be most effective in your kingdom. God, I pray that you would move today and through these weeks to show us who you are and what you've called us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today, like I said, I want to talk about living with purpose. Living with purpose. So the first thing, I want to look at five things just so you can keep pace, and we're going to go through this here. If you're taking notes, this is important. Living with purpose. The first is this. You were created with intention. If we want to live with purpose, we have to begin to understand you were created with intention. You are not just some product of a big cosmological bang that happened millions of years ago. And just happen to be floating through this space on this tiny planet with no purpose just to live and to suck up air and eventually to become mulch, you know, for, for the next um, trees that grow, right? That is not our purpose. There's more to that than that. And here's what the, the, the Bible says. In, the Bible says in, uh, in Psalm 139, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for make, making me so wonderfully complex. Now, there's a little uh, a backhanded insult, if you ever want. I mean, compliment. <laughs> backhand, com <laughs> You're so wonderfully complex. No, I think God meant it in a way. We are. We're just complex beings, but we're wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You were created with intention. <laughs> not just some accident, not just somebody who's, you know, sucking air and taking away from others and wondering why I'm here. God created you for a very reason. 
He said, you're wonderfully complex. As we look at people, we, we, we can't just easily categorize people. We're complex. We're made in God's image. And he says we are his workmanship, marvelous workmanship. And so you look at yourself and you go, God, I'm not just here out of accident. There's, there's a reason why I'm here. And, and, and every day of my life was planned before you in the way that God saw it already. And I think our job is to say, okay, how do we discover that? But to know that, that you are unique, that you were created with intention. No two people share exactly everything the same. Even you might say, what about identical twins? Do identical, the identical twins, they share DNA, right? That's, that's part of what makes identical twins identical. But even some identical twins don't have every single piece of DNA that is the same. But even if they do, you know what sets them apart? What, what don't identical twins even have the same? Their fingerprints. And there may be some other things, but physically, they're fingerprints. And we look at fingerprints, and so no two people in, the, in at least the hundred-some years that, that, that fingerprints have been, have been studied and analyzed and recorded, they've never found two fingerprints that are the same. There's something unique, and I think you look at your own hand, you go, that's also the touch of God. There's something about you that is unlike any other being. You were created with intention. You were you made to be unique. And so when I look at that and I think about God creating us, God creating us with a purpose, God creating us intentionally, we need to understand, and I want you to know this simple thing, you matter. Your life matters. It's important what happens. It's important what you do. It's not just something you can kind of go, I'm just going to blow it off and I'm just going to go wherever life kind of takes me. But to live with intentionality because God has a purpose here. And if God created us with intention, then our first purpose, if I'm going to think about one of our first purposes here is this, is to have a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. If God made us, and if God is the one who knows us, He's the one who knit us together, He's had every day planned in our, in our life, He created us anew in Christ Jesus to do good things, then our job is to know Him. And to say, I want that relationship with him. And when I discover him, and that's, that's why we spend so much time here at church talking about what does a relationship with Jesus look like? Because when we get to know Jesus, the way to the Heavenly Father, that's when our life begins to, to make sense. When we're loved, when we're forgiven, when we're set free and we say, God, begin to show me who you are, why you put me here, what my life is about. And so we follow that path and go, God, thank you for creating me with intention. And when we get to know God and when our eyes are open, it's like we get to see a new kingdom. Spiritually, when we come alive, right, that, that verse said, made anew in Christ, when we enter faith, when we begin to say, Jesus, I want a relationship with you, and we begin to see through spiritual eyes, a whole new world begins to open up, and that's when we begin to discover our purpose in a different way. Not only did God create us with intention, here's the second part to living your purpose, it's this. You are part of a bigger story. You are part of a bigger story. Now, in, in Ohio, and in central Ohio especially, we don't just say the, right? When we talk about Ohio, right? It's the Ohio State University. The. It sets it apart. Not just the, it's the. You're not just part of a bigger story. You're part of the story. You're not just part of a story of your family and your genealogy. You're not just the, part of the story of, a, of your alma mater. You're not just part of the story of Meadow Park. You're not just part of the story of your community. You're not just part of the story of your work or the team that you serve on. No, you're part of the story. What is the story? 2 Corinthians says this, And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task 
of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So this is an indication of the story. And if you look at the story, you look from, from Genesis through Revelation, you see a love story of a father to his children saying to restoring that relationship, to put us back in right relationship and saying, this has been God's plan all along. That's why we celebrated Easter last Sunday, the cross, the death, the resurrection, so that we could have life, so that we could discover who God is. And as we see that story of a reconciling God who's saying, I'm not counting your sins against you. I want to be in relationship with you. That's the story, to be reconciling the world back, to bring wholeness back to what has been broken. And that's the very story God says, I'm inviting you into to declare this message of hope, to declare this message of reconciliation and wholeness, to be Christ's ambassadors. Put that on your job title. Put that on a business card, right? Here's my job, but you want to know my other title? I'm Christ's ambassador. That's a pretty significant thing, but it's about being part of this bigger story that God is inviting us into and saying, look, this is, this is where you fit. This is the story that you belong to. Now, a lot of times we just see our life like this. We see it like a little puzzle piece. And we kind of go, what does this look like? You know, whether it's a puzzle piece or whether it's the shape, you go, who am I? Where do I fit? Where do I belong? What does that require of me? Have you ever done a puzzle without looking at the box, right? What do we need? (laughs) We need the box. When we see the box, when we see the big picture, that's when we begin to know, oh, that's where I fit. We start getting an idea. Oh, this is starting to make sense based on the colors and the shape. And there's a place for me. And God's story, the story, is the story that we need to understand if we want to discover our purpose, that this is where we have a place, that, that God created us with intention to be part of a bigger story, that there's a part and there's a role to play. And that leads us into point three here, and that's this. You have a specific purpose to fulfill in the story. You have a specific purpose to fulfill. There's, there's a part, there's a script, there's something that God is writing for you to say, this is where, where you will come alive. In Jeremiah 1.5, we read this. These are God's words to, to Jeremiah. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Think about that for Jeremiah. To discover this, to hear this, to, to know this. Before I was born, God's like, I need a prophet to the nations. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to send one. It's going to be Jeremiah. I have this plan for him. He already knew. He had that intention. There was a specific purpose. There was a specific role that he needed to fulfill. And just to think about, in God's story, if it's a book, right, and you're looking through these pages, there's pages and there's chapters, and there's this big volume from the beginning of time to the end, and there right now is this this year, it's 2023, and in the scope of all of history, there's some pages in the scope of your lifetime, in those, you know, 20, 40, 80, 100, whatever God year, life years God gives us, there's some, some pages written. And there's a role for you and there's a purpose for you. And God said, I want you to fulfill that, that role. I want you to live that out. Now, there's some, there's some movies that, uh, you know, when we think about um, movie scripts, that they're often the story's written and then they try to find somebody to play that part. But there are some movies where they are written around a specific person, around the, a, a character and, and what they can play and, and the actor. And one of those was uh, Disney's Aladdin, the, 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 the most uh, recent one, and the genie. 
Did you know that they had one person in mind when they were writing for the genie? You know who that was? <laughs> Robin Williams, right? The late Robin Williams. And actually what they said, they, they were like, this is, the, this is who we envisioned as the genie from the very beginning, and we're writing it around him and what he can do. And when they recorded the opening scene for where he introduces himself uh, when he comes out of the, out of the, the, the genie bottle, he did 25 different takes. He was just making stuff up. They would be like, just go, give us another, do something else, do something else, do something else. And out of that, they, it, it, it came to be because it was like he was perfect for that part. And it was written around him. And there's another movie that's actually one, this one's in my, probably my top, might be my top five uh, movies if this tells you anything about me. It's School of Rock. School of Rock. Um, this, this, uh, this movie with, uh, with Jack Black is one of my all-time favorites. And uh, the guy that wrote the movie, Mike White, he actually is Ned Schneebly. Is he even on there? Ned? Uh, Ned actually didn't even make it on the, on the movie poster. He's, uh, he's his roommate. He actually wrote the, the, the whole um, uh, script. But what he said is, I wrote this movie for Jack Black because of who he is and what he brings to the table, and, and I wrote it for him. And then he said this, if Jack wouldn't have taken this role, I would have crumbled up the script and thrown it away. We would not have done the movie. It was designed and written around him. And I want us to think about our life that when, when God is writing the story, he's saying, there's a certain role, there's a, there's a part I have for you, and I wrote it just for you. And you're the one that I want, and I want you in that place. I've appointed you to do this and to be in that position. We are needed by God to be part of the bigger story that he created for us specifically to be in that, in that, in that space. But, you know, God's not going to force you into that. He's not going to say, you know, you have to do this. We have free will. and We can choose our own path, and we can do the things, and, and God works with us. But there's a purpose and a plan that he has for us. You're created with intention. You're created as part of the bigger story. You have a specific role to fill, and the fourth is this. You are uniquely shaped for that purpose. You're uniquely shaped for that purpose. So it's not just here's this role, but, but God has said, I'm going to prepare you. I'm going to equip you. I want you to be completely ready for this role. In Romans 12, 6, it says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Isn't that awesome? This is God's gift to you. He's given you certain gifts to do certain things well so that you can accomplish the very thing he's asked you to do. He's not going to call you and give you a purpose and say, this is what I want you to do in life, but sorry, I didn't equip you for that. I've prepared you. I've made you who you are. And this is what, where over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at our unique shape. What is your shape? What is that unique shape that God has given you? We're going to be looking at five parts of our shape. And I thank Rick Warren for this as he's put this out as a simple way for us to think about the, the unique way that we are made. And it's five parts that that word shape. And the S stands for spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, the Bible tells us that anyone who becomes a believer, that the Holy Spirit will give you a spiritual gift. Isn't that awesome? You're given a gift about some way in which you can build up the church. We're going to talk about that next week. What are spiritual gifts? How do we use them? How do I know what, the, what, what, what they are? And how has God put us together to use them in a certain way? So spiritual gifts, S. And we've got H. The H is, H is for heart. Our heart. What is our passion? What does our heart be for? What breaks our heart? What, what, what draws us out? What, what really moves us? It's those passions that God has put in us because that is an indicator of that's unique to you. What causes do you care about? And to lean into those very things, that's, that's H, it's your heart. A is your abilities. Again, God's given us certain abilities to, to, to do certain things well. There's just some things you're good at. Things that people come to you for that ask you to, to help out and to be a part of some things you, you just seem to be born with and you've developed over time. 
other things you've just gotten good at? What are those abilities, and how are those different from spiritual gifts? We're going to look at that next week. But another part that's different for you and your shape is not only your spiritual gifts and your heart and your abilities, but it's P, it's your personality. It's wrapped up in in something different, even if somebody has the same spiritual gifts and, and heart and abilities, but your personality is different. And God uses your personality and the way that you are that, that allows you to find comfort, to find fulfillment in, in the roles that he has for you. So how has he wired you different? We're going to talk about that over the next three weeks. And the last one is E. That's unique to you, and that's your experiences. Nobody has experienced what you have experienced in this world. Nobody has gone through the hard times, through the good times, and nobody's been born like you in, in your family and, and, you know, in this time in history. And so you've got all these unique experiences that, that when we lean into those, we begin to discover, God, you've given me a unique shape. You've given me a purpose. And, 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 and somewhere, when I discover those five things and where they fit in, that's where I'm going to find my purpose. God has given you a unique shape. We're going to give you some tools to help you do that as, much, as well as talking about that. And then the fifth is this. You can have all these things, but this is so important for living out your purpose. Your purpose is to be lived out in the world and in the church. What good is it to discover all these things and say, this is who God made me, but then you just don't leverage it. You don't engage it. You don't actually live it out in the world and in the church. Very specific gifts that God has given us for building up the church, the scripture says, and for just the plan in this world, the story that God has given us of reconciling the world to to himself we got to live that out and discover what that is and, and say, I want to lean into that more and more. I want you to take a look at this video of uh, one of our own here and uh, how she is discovering how God is using her in different ways. I think living with purpose um, makes every day an opportunity. Hi, my name is Jen Yaki, and I've been attending Meadow Park since I was in high school, uh, which feels like yesterday, but was actually a very long time ago. I think I'm motivated to pursue my purpose for God because as I look back over my life, um, my spiritual growth journey, I think about all the people who had a hand in that. Um, You know, from my family to different church members, um, people in my community, even people in my workplaces who invested in me, um, who had an impact in me growing in my faith journey. And now I see that I have an opportunity to be that for somebody like um, God provides these opportunities big and small to say yes to him each and every day Um, an opportunity to not only find my purpose in him but to help others find that as well the way that I feel like God has been working through me first and foremost is in my home Um, I know that being a wife and having kids is an opportunity for ministry in my life and each and every day through the things that I say and the ways that I live and the focus that we have uh, I feel like I have an opportunity for And then beyond that, God has given me multiple experiences and opportunities um, to step into leadership to serve Him. And so one of those um, is Refit, which is a fitness ministry that God brought into my life at Meadow Park um, about 10 years ago. A very unique way that He stretched me out of my comfort zone. Um, to create community not only within the church but outside of these walls to bring women together to empower them through uplifting music um, through prayer through time of community and he's continued to bless that opportunity all these years later god has provided this year two new opportunities for me in 
one of those is as a Bible study fellowship leader. That's a Bible study of women where we dig into God's word week by week. And then alongside that, um, I've been able to serve at Meadow Park this year alongside my husband as a life group leader. These were two opportunities to serve God that he brought into my life at the same time. And it's been really neat to see how he has provided the time, the space, and the energy to commit to both of these to serve for a purpose for him. I just want to encourage others that the time is always now to make an impact and to live a purpose. There's always going to be a reason that we have that it's not the right time to say yes to an opportunity or yes to a conversation um, or yes to a path that God wants to take you on. Um, but He loves to use us in our broken state um, exactly where we are right now so that He can make an impact for us uh, and enable us to live a purpose. As I pursue my purpose for God, I think the biggest challenge that I've come up against is myself. When I take my eyes off of God and I look at my own inadequacies or insecurities, when I think that the outcome relies on myself, that's when I start to um, get fearful or unsure or backtrack. And it's just such a good reminder for me to remember that anything good that comes out of these investments is from God. Um, that he's the one who deserves the glory anyway, and that he's the one who's going to empower me. But it's a chance for God to work. You know when you live with purpose, each and every day can look different, um, it can be exciting, it can make an impact. And each day is something to look forward to. You know, it gives me hope. Um, it helps me to keep an open heart to what God wants to do in and through me. Um, it makes me excited to see what he has next. It's great when we can see the way God uses us. And I'm so thankful for, for Jen and just the influence that she's had here in, in our church and in different ways and beyond the walls of our church and through Refit and the BSF, some of these different places and in her family. Just an example again that our purpose is bigger than just one arena, that when we understand where God wants to use us in different places, it's awesome. And, and as, uh, as she mentioned, her and uh, Jason together lead our life group, a group that I, uh, Shannon and I get to be a part of. And so I appreciate her leadership in my life and their leadership together in, in, in that way. And it's a beautiful thing. And so when I think about that, and I think about um, Jen's fingerprint is in different places, and I want to ask you, what and where is your fingerprint leaving an impact? As you think about your life, where do you see that, that, that fingerprint? When we leave a fingerprint somewhere, it, it's an indication of who was there. And when we leave our fingerprint as God's ambassadors, we leave a fingerprint that God's presence was there. Where are you leaving an impact? Where can you say, you know, I helped start that. I helped make that happen. I was a part of that. I'm leading that. I'm doing that. I'm serving in these ways. Those are places you leave an impact, both in the church and outside the church. I think about the fingerprints that are left in, in, in the space as we, as, as we think about even as a church. So many different fingerprints are left on the hearts and, and minds of our kids, of those that are serving in our park kids every single week and saying, you know, I, I, I want to pour into these students. Or those that serve in our student ministry and are saying, I want to leave a fingerprint and I want to leave the touch of God on these high schoolers and on these middle schoolers. Where do you leave your fingerprint? Maybe it's, it's through your smile as you're a greeter and you're welcoming, you're, you're one of the hosts here. And you're saying, I want to create the most amazing place and space for people to gather. You leave your fingerprint on that. Some of you left your fingerprints on the renovation because you're able to, to swing a hammer or you're able to lift or you're able to move some stuff. Some of you left your fingerprints outside with mulch and, and pulling up roots and, and just cleaning the place up. We leave our fingerprints in different places. 
Don't leave your fingerprints too much on the camera, those of you guys who are operating the cameras, but that is good to leave your fingerprints, right, to say, I, I serve in this way, to be able to share the good news, whether it's streaming or online. Maybe some of you know, the fingerprints are left on instruments or on microphones. Where are you, are you being used by God to make a difference in this world? How has he shaped you for that purpose? Because God has shaped you for a purpose. He's shaped you for that purpose. And our job is to discover that, to figure out, God, what do you have for me? Why do you have me here? And what makes me unique? And what I love about this, as we discover this, when we lean into this, we come alive. Because if that's how God made us, that's where we come to life. That's where we discover, God, ah, here's how you want me to make a difference. Here's how you're using me. And we get to be part of this bigger story that we've been talking about and understanding, God, you created me with an intention. Not just to take up space, not just to bide my time, not just to, you know, try to make more money and get more successful. But God, there's a purpose here. I want to be part of the story. I want to know what is my role and how you've uniquely shaped me. And I want to live that out here and in this world. And when we do, we come alive. What's our mission here? Is life to the fullest in Christ. And if we neglect this part, we're not going to see what God has for us. And, and, and church... It's not just about you and each of us individually. It's about all of us together saying, how are we working together to do what God has called us to do? And we've got some big things happening. God is on the move at Meadow Park. And, and there's a place and a space for every one of you to say, where is my role? Where is my place? How can I serve? And God, how can I find fulfillment in pouring myself back in to what you've given me? And we get to share in the excitement of, of, of sharing the hope of Christ and the good news of what he's done, both here and in the community. Where are your fingerprints? What's your shape? Let's pray and let's ask God over these next several weeks to just stir in us so that we can be a part of what he's doing in this world. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, just these truths of Scripture that remind us that, that we're not an accident, God. And we're not just here wandering through space and time aimlessly, but, but as we lean into you, as we get to know you, Lord, that, that you reveal more and more of who you are to us and what you've called us to. And so, Father, I pray that even today as we have conversations about what is our purpose, God, what is our unique shape, how have you made us, God, thank you for making us so wonderfully complex. Lord, I pray that, again, today and over these next several weeks, God, that you would just open our hearts to discover who you've made us to be and to joyfully lean into that and, just, and, and come alive in you. We're so grateful for this time. God, awaken that in our hearts. Open our spirits to what you have. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.